Before we get into our message this morning, I do have a, a little something. What do the following movies have in common? Rocky Three, The Lord of the Rings, The Terminator 2, and Top Gun. Outside of being like some of the best movies of all times, right? They all have stories where people like had major differences, but yet came together uh, to do something great. Like Apollo trains Rocky, you know, to, to face Clubber Lang, Mr. T. I pity the fool. Uh, the elves and the, the dwarves get together and they help protect Frodo and the One Ring. And if you don't ever have ever read or saw the movies, they're good. And then there's the, you know, T-800 coming back in time. Come with me if you want to live. I mean, it's like, come on. That's a great story. Got to save Sarah Connor. Got to save John. And of course, what would this world be like if Iceman and Maverick didn't join forces to stop the Russians? Those stories are amazing, mainly because of the differences that people have within the story. They're huge. I mean, some of them were enemies. This morning, we're going to look at, uh, continue to look at the life of Peter. And we're going to focus specifically on a story where Peter meets a man named Cornelius. And we're going to look at their differences and how we can learn from their lives, their story, to bridge the divide that we have in our own world. So we've been talking about Peter over the past couple months, and, and we're looking at how mostly at his, his beginnings, uh, his time as a disciple, his time you know, with Jesus. And last week we talked about there was this moment in time where Peter and the disciples stepped up and spoke up for Jesus. And in the first 10 chapters of the book of Acts, which is the story of the early church, there's all kinds of things that happen. You have the day of Pentecost, the day that the Holy Spirit arrives. You have you know, healings happen. You have moments in time where, where the disciples are persecuted. Uh, you actually have a, time, a, a story where Stephen was stoned to death. He was the very first martyr for the faith. And so the first ten chapters of the book of Acts is all kinds of great information. So if you have time to read uh, the book of Acts, it really is a good you know, thing to read and take some time with. And during this time, you have a story with Peter and Cornelius. Now, Peter and Cornelius are about as different as you can get. Peter, who would have been the new leader of this Christian Jesus movement, uh, was a Jew. Uh, he grew up as a fisherman. Um, he grew up in a time where the Roman Empire uh, would have came in and been an occupying government. The Roman Empire would have been through, you know, basically doing whatever they want to the people of Israel and the, people, and the Jewish faith. And he would have a real issue, Peter would be, with people who are associated with the Romans, especially if he worked for them. On top of that, you know, Jesus was killed on a Roman cross. And so there is some friction with Peter and anyone who could have been associated with the Romans. And then there's Cornelius. Cornelius is a Roman soldier. And he had a completely different faith as Peter. In fact, you know, he was considered a Gentile. Who Basically, a Gentile is someone who isn't a, a, a Jewish person. And they would have had completely different upbringings, different kind of traditions, uh, different types of, of food they were even allowed to eat. 
And being a Roman soldier made it even worse. So you had these two men with very different values, very different lifestyles, and they're about to kind of come head to head, face to face. Now we can learn a lot from this story, especially right now in 2021. I think we all have people in our life that we have some kind of difference with. There's people in our life that we can think of right away that maybe we don't see eye to eye. Maybe it's that coworker uh, who loves to share their, their political opinion, even though you have no desire to hear said opinion, and you don't want to say anything because you don't want to upset the apple cart. Or maybe it's someone's lifestyle you just don't agree with. They make you feel uncomfortable. Uh, maybe it's a neighbor that doesn't take care of their house, and so every morning you wake up, you look out the window, you see the blue tarp, and you go, oh, there goes my property values. Maybe it's a parent of a kid uh, that's friends with your child, and they let their kid on every social media do wear whatever they want, do pretty much whatever they want. You're trying to teach your child, you know, don't do this, and yet they have a friend that's allowed to do everything. It causes some friction. Maybe you have a, a young man or young girl who's on a team, and, and their families on that team that aren't believers, and there's all kinds of division. We can go on and on, and the examples in our own life can, can truly be in our face, especially now in a generation of social media. We have social media everywhere, and, and all those differences, all those differences of opinion, differences of lifestyle is in our face 24-7 for those who have social media. And then this, this past year and a half, a pandemic that's divided us Physically, from our friends, our, our co-workers, our family members. A pandemic that's divided us, our friends, our co-workers, our families, with the arguments to mask or not mask, to vaccine or not. Lockdowns are for the best. Lockdowns are unnecessary. And many of us have had lifelong friendships put to a test or come to an end because of some of these arguments. Some of us have family relationships that are strained to a point of breaking because of the divide. On top of all that, we live in a divided world. Racial tension, social unrest. Mistrust of the government, mistrust of doctors, mistrust of each other. And we hear all that, we, hear, we, we, we know all this is true, and yet we are left here wondering what are we supposed to do with this? How are we, as followers of Jesus, or people who, who, who want to be a part of this Jesus movement, how are we supposed to, to react to this? How are we supposed to have divide? Because even within churches, there are large divides of where we're at. And that's why I think the story of Cornelius and Peter is so important. Because what we're about to read with the rest of our time today gives us hope. Because if these two men, who are as different as different can be, can find some kind of, of connecting point, we can too. And so we pick up our story in Acts chapter 10, verse 1. There was a man by the name Cornelius. He was a soldier in the Italian regiment. He and his family were devoted and God-fearing. He gave generously to those who needed it and prayed to God regularly. 
One day in about three in the afternoon, which I, I love the fact they put times in here. I uh, don't know why. Uh, he had a vision. He distinctly saw the angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. And I want to stop right here because I think right away it gives us some, some common ground between these two very different people. First, Peter and Cornelius would have been God-fearing men. Maybe different views on what that meant, but they were both God-fearing men. Peter and Cornelius would have been generous people. They would have given to the causes they really had passion for. They prayed regularly. And the one thing, I, it may seem kind of silly, they were both human beings. So before these two men, men have an inter, interaction with one another, there's already common ground laid. We can all you know, see that. And we all have that in our own lives. See, for the most part, the people that maybe you disagree with, they want the best for your family, just like you. The people you, you have the biggest divide with, they give passionately to causes that they're passionate for, just like you. The people that we may even not even want to talk to sometimes, they're human beings, just like you. If we want to find unity, the, the common ground's already there. We can just build on it. Verse 9. About, about noon, the following day, so this, this, the angel comes to, to Cornelius and says, listen, there's a guy named Peter. You need to go get, talk to him. Send some men. So finally, the men go to, on the journey and approaches the city where Peter was at. Peter was up on the roof praying. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into this trance. And once again, they talk about Peter being on top of a roof and he's not, you know, he's hungry, which I completely understand, being on top of a, well, just being hungry. Um, but I can imagine, I, I love the association of food. I, I think it's, it's important because I think all of us, one of the most, you know, uniting thing for everyone in this room is a meal. I mean, where do most, like, family, you know, conversations happen? Around the table, around the meal. Where are you know, most of your friendships, time spent? Eating something, around a fire, having some drinks, whatever. And so it's important. And so you got to understand, but for what we read, what Peter saw, you got to also know where he's coming from. See, Peter would have been growing up in a certain tradition, and that tradition would have said that certain foods were unclean. Like you could not eat certain foods because it's a sin. And he would have grown up with that buried in his heart that you were not allowed to eat these. This is the vision that Peter has. Verse 11. He saw the heavens open up and something like a large sheet being let down from earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then the voice told him, Get up, Peter. Kill and eat. Peter replied, Surely not, Lord. I have never eaten anything unpure and unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was then taken back to heaven. And while Peter was there wondering the meaning of this vision, the men from, who sent by Cornelius came where Simon Peter's house was and stopped at the gate. And so Peter agrees to go with these men to see this, this Cornelius person. In verse 27, we pick up here. While they were talking to him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. 
He said to them, You are aware that it is against the law for a Jew to associate or visit a Gentile. Right off the bat, Peter points to the elephant in the room. He says, listen, I can't even associate with you. I can't even come into the same room as you. Once again, how large is that divide? How big is it? Think of the people that you have the biggest issue with. Think of how large that divide could possibly be, and think about what Cornelius and Peter are together, and it probably blows that out of the water. And understand how they both would have felt in that moment. But Peter continues, God has shown me that you should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objective. May I ask why you sent for me? And this brings us to the first lesson that we can learn for our own lives. Listen. So often we just don't listen to each other. So often when, when we have an issue or a problem or, or someone stands for something that you're you know, frustrated with or not a fan of, so often we just don't listen. We put the earbuds in or we put the, the, the blinders on and we just keep on going. And a part of us you know, feels that if we would stop and listen, that we're like giving the okay. Like it's fine, I'm, I'm agreeing to what you do, I'm agreeing to what you stand for, even though deep down you don't. And you don't want to like concede that. But if, if we're ever going to get to a point where we're going to start you know, bridging these divides, bridging these gaps, and unify, we have to listen to each other. We have to be able to sit back and hear what that person or the, is saying. Because so often, we just don't listen. If Cornelius and Peter can get together and have a conversation to listen to one another, we can too. And I encourage you to think of the people in your life. The people that you, you currently, maybe they're even family members. You have, maybe you have family members that you haven't talked to in years because of whatever's happened between the two of you or, or, or that group over there with their family who always just kind of gets together without you. Listen to one another. Don't allow yourself to muffle the voice of God and stop any kind of growth with each other. Peter Cornelius shows us the first step is listen. We pick up in verse 34. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts every nation, the one who fears him and, and does what's right. You know the message of God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news, the peace through Christ Jesus, who is Lord of all. And then Peter opens up and, and goes through this small kind of sermonette and, and, and tells the world and tells that group of people about the good news. The good news that's, that only Jesus can bring. And the older I get, the, the, the deeper I get in my own faith, the more I realize a very important message. It's not about me. It's not about David Ivey. It's not about even my wants or my desires. It's always been about Jesus. And, and as soon as we kind of get into that, that own rhythm of our life, as soon as we start setting ourselves aside, 
the sooner we can start hearing and seeing others and where they're coming from. And, and I encourage you, sometimes the biggest thing, biggest obstacle in our own way is ourselves. I know I am one of the biggest obstacles in my own way. My own saying, my, my own big two feet. I mean, literally and figuratively. Sometimes we got to take a step back and just get out of the way. In fact, Jesus tells us this in Matthew 16. He tells us to the disciples that whoever wants to be my disciples must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to, to save their life will lose it, and whoever wants to lose their life for me will find it. For, for what good is it for someone to lose their soul, forfeit their soul, and gain the world? What can anyone give in exchange for their souls? And so often we want to not give ourselves up because we want to be right. So often we don't, we don't want to step aside. We don't deny ourselves because we want to be the one who says, yes, I told you that. And so one of the, the second lessons we can learn from Cornelius and Peter is to remove yourself, deny yourself, and lift someone else up. Our story wraps up in verse 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came down to all who heard the message. The circumcised, or, or the Jewish believers at the time, um, had, came with Peter, were astonished by the gift of the Holy Spirit that was poured out on even the Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. And then Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of them being baptized by water. They received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. The game changer this was for the early church. You gotta understand, the early, early church before this moment was mostly made up of former Jews. This changed everything. This is saying, no, that this gift of Jesus, this gift of the blood, this gift of forgiveness does not just, is not just for a select elite few. It is for everyone. It's for every human being. And I think this is a game changer in your own life as well. When you realize that this gift of the Holy Spirit and the gift of Jesus is for everyone. Yes, even that guy in that cubicle you cannot stand. Even the person down the street that you know, has not fixed their house up in years. Whatever it may be, whatever the divide. Even that person who you completely disagree with. His sacrifice was for them as well. Jesus died for them. One of the greatest things about being a follower of Jesus is we have this amazing gift. We have this amazing gift of forgiveness. And so often, some of, us, some of us, including myself, hold that gift in selfishly. That gift is for everybody, even the person that you see the least eye to eye with. Peter and Cornelius are as different as you can be. And yet, Jesus brought them together. And that factor was Jesus. The cross brings us together. The cross has always been meant to be a unifying thing. The cross has always been meant to, be, to bring people far, far apart together. But we have a role to play in this. Like we talked about last week, I said, you, you know, it's up to you. Like you, if you want to, to break out of these walls and do great things for Jesus, it's up to you. You have to take it with you, and you have to go out and spread that good news yourself. And it's the same with bridging the gap between people we have a divide with. It is up to you. One of the first things you need to do is, if someone needs to start listening, 
Some of you invite that friend over or that neighbor you haven't seen in a long time and over for a fire when it's not 90 degrees out and, and enjoy some time. And, and maybe let the elephant out. Hey, this is the elephant. This is the thing we've been disagreeing about. Have that conversation. Some of us need to bring families back in together. Brothers and sisters and, and parents. And so, you know, we've been at odds for a year and a half. Let's end this. Bring unity. Be that sense and listen to what they have to say. Have that heart to do that. Secondly, remove yourself. It's not about you. It's not about, you know, the trials and tribulations you're going through. It's about Jesus. And when it's about Jesus, it's not you. You can have those conversations. That's why I think Paul says this. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of Lord Jesus, that you all agree with one another in what that you say, and, and that where you, there will be no divide among you, but that you will be perfectly united in mind and thought. And Paul's telling us, listen, it's up to us. The person that we may have a disagreement with may not even believe in Jesus. So it's up to you to bridge that gap more than anything else. Be united. And that really brings us to the third and final thought of the day. When it's all said and done, it has to be about Jesus. The, the, the things you do, the, 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 your, your jobs, your relationships, your friendships, your enemies... Uh, the boss that you can't stand, that coworker that smells, whatever it may be, they are for Jesus because Jesus loves them. And all jokes aside, I mean, I, that's what it's about. And working with teenagers, I, I get that, you know, in your face. Because a teenager, specifically a middle schooler, they're just learning what it means to, like, be a human. In, in, in sense, they are human. In sense. Um, but, but watching them grow, and one of the things, I, I have buddies who, who have no connection to ministry, and, and they'll ask me sometimes, like, like how do you handle a t- middle school boy? And I go, well, with love. Because one day they're going to be a high school boy, and one day they're going to be a college kid, and one of these days they're going to be a man who's going to you know, do great things. And so if we get him here when he's molding, and you get him, but it starts with Jesus. Same with our friendships, our enemies. It has to be about Jesus. You know, Abraham Lincoln once said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. And he said that in the midst of the, the darkest period in American history. And so much uh, over the past couple of years, I've seen so many parallels between the, the, the time of the Civil War and where we're living right now. And the biggest thing that happened, if you read history like I do, is neither side are willing to listen to each other and love each other and divide that gap. And then there was a war that killed hundreds of thousands of people. Let's divide, let's, let's, let's change that. Let's bridge that gap. Let us be the generation of followers of Jesus that just like Cornelius and Peter that says, you know what, we're not going to be divided. I'm not going to necessarily agree with everything you have to say, but we're going to stand firm because Paul says to unite in all things in thought and mind. But once again, it's up to you. I challenge you this morning. Think of those friendships. Think of those enemies. Think of the people in your world. And be the one that bridged the gap. Because so often, it has to be you to start that journey.
Let's pray. God, first of all, forgive me for every time I have been a force of division rather than a force of unity. God, forgive my own silliness and I humble myself before you. And God, let us humble ourselves as a church. And not Polaris Christian Church, but your church. To the, the, the destroy those divides. God, your, your message has always been about breaking those barriers. Let us live that in all that we are and all that we are will be from here to, here to the end of time. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you.